Welcome to the Gym Heroes Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Peacock. Today's show is brought to you by GymDesk, the easiest gym management software you'll ever use. Take payments, create marketing automations, track attendance, and much more. To try the software out free, go to gymdesk.com. No credit card or painful sales call required. Our hero today is Ben Ludwig, head of growth at Crosspoint Now Network and subject matter expert in sales for Fitness Revolution. He also sits on the advisory board for the International Strength Training Organization and consults for the F45 training franchise. In this episode, Ben reveals the management secrets that help you adapt your business to hard times and properly lead your employees through any trials. This includes how to put together effective training cadences so that your workers are always learning and always deepening their skills. Without further ado, Ben Ludwig. All right, Ben, welcome to the Gym Heroes podcast. If you could, before we start, introduce yourself and your background in business. Totally. Uh, it's glad to be here, Josh. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, yeah, my name is Ben Ludwig. So I've been in the fitness industry for a little over 15 years. I currently serve as the chief operating officer for Traction Group. We own a multitude of F45 training studios across the U.S. I also mm-hmm. am on staff cross-point network of churches. I do a lot of leadership training and development. Uh, and then I contribute quite a bit uh, across the globe to trainings, uh, business fitness articles, things like that. So yeah, it's been a, been a wild ride for sure. Awesome. So um, I brought you on here because you have a really great perspective on leadership and how to, uh, the actual mechanics of how to manage through tough times, um, especially really, really hard changes so could you give us an overview of the ups and downs of your career? Like, um, well, let, let's start there and then we can kind of dig into specific principles after that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think uh, a lot of the negatives of, of people's careers are the things that we try and hide. They're the things that we don't talk about, right? But, but uh, personally, in leadership, I think it's really important to be able to talk about our failings because number one, that's where we learn. And then number two is, man, that's what made us who we are today, right? So I'm, I'm a big believer in being able to speak to those things. So, you know, I've, I've been through a lot of really hard changes. I, uh, even, even when I first started in the fitness industry, my very first personal training job, you know, I, I got, I got tossed a price sheet and, uh, and I got waved a good luck. You know, that was kind of my onboarding. <laughs> yeah. Kind of started in the industry that way to where it was just like, you know, hey, you better figure it out. So. Uh, and then most of my career was like that. I, I ended up getting hired on. My first regional manager uh, manager job was with a company that was acquiring a bunch of huge full service gyms, but they were a, a high volume, low price or HVLP as, as we call it in the mm-hmm. industry. So the the model didn't really work. So it was you know we were dealing with what was our demographic. We were trying to figure out you know cost or opex of all these huge gyms and how we were going to pay the bills with ten dollar memberships. And it was oh my gosh, it was tough. You know, um, then my, my next step was I opened up a few gyms with, um, you know, a friend of mine uh, in the Houston area where, you know, we, we didn't really know what we were doing. We kind of had to figure out the systems and, you know, we were calling people, asking their opinions. And, uh, you know, then uh, from there, I, I, I moved to Dallas and opened up some gyms for an investment firm where, again, uh, the acquisition had just happened when I came on board. So you want to talk about a bunch of negativity. I mean, 
nobody believed that this huge investment firm was going to be good for the company or the members. There were people talking bad about us. And I remember, uh, Josh, one of my one of my favorite stories that I like to tell in, in mindset training is uh, from that company. I actually walked in, met with a general manager, met with the assistant, met with the fitness manager, just had all these meetings with these people, you know, tried to get an idea of what their mindset was and figure out my game plan on how I was going to turn around this gym. And uh, I was there for about seven days. I came back the following week to an empty gym. Everybody had quit all at the same time. There was a note on the general manager's wow. desk saying my fault that everybody had quit. Like basically good luck. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, I, I mean, that's just one of so many stories that I could tell in, in my history. So I, I won't bore you with all those stories. But, you know, Josh, it's for me, it's been a wild ride and I've had probably more failures than I've had successes. And I think that's why it's important that we talk about those things. Absolutely. So I guess the first thing I have to ask is how you identify hard situations and then how you plan for them. Yeah. Well, I think the first thing to remember, Josh, is, is most people try and avoid hard situations. It's, it's, you know, when, when it comes to, uh, bad employees or when it comes to underperforming staff members or when it comes to a member issue that seems really complex and, you know, dates back. And I mean, there's, there's all different kinds of situations that we deal with in the fitness industry. And I think the most important thing to remember is the fact that, man, there's not one right way to address all of these situations. So because of that, people tend to either push them off or, you know, try and brush them under the rug or, you know, try and smooth them over without dealing with the situation or, you know, uh, or worse. I think one of the, the bad, the, the, really the worst things that I see in the fitness industry as far as bad ways to handle these situations is they, people make assumptions or they, they start to slight people. So they, they, they start to uh, consider their staff bad employees because they're underperforming, but they've never really addressed it or they've never really talked through the thought process or they've never really um, <clears throat> faced the employee in a, in a coaching manner to help them through the tough situation. Uh, so for me, I think, you know, it's important for me to identify those types of situations and the fact of, all right, I need to figure out how to best plan for the future. I need to best prepare my staff on how to handle when things don't go as expected because 90% of the time they don't go as expected. And then when we come across those situations, it's important for me to be in, in heavy communication with my team so they don't feel like they're doing it alone or they don't feel like they're just trying to have to figure it out. They feel like they have some support there. So I think, you know, Josh, to, to answer your question more directly, when it comes to identifying hard situations, it's, it's, it's not that you have to kind of pick them out of the bunch. You know that they're going to come. So I personally believe that it's important to prepare people for them uh, uh, always <laughs> and, and know they're going to come. It's, it's not an if but when, you know. So, um, so how do you, how do you start to plan for that? Um, for example, you, you mentioned problems with employees. Um, how, how can that, how can you start to address that before it occurs? Yeah. So, uh, well, first thing I think, Josh, is as a company, or even if you're just overseeing a department, you have to decide what your core values are and what you want to see in your staff. And you have to hire for that. Now, does that mean you're going to be perfect and you're always going to hire the right people? Absolutely not. But it's really going to pare down the, the amount of, of bad hires that you have because you know what you're looking for in the interview process. I'm also a big fan of 
of hire slow, fire fast. And I, I get a lot of pushback on that. It's like, no, no, no. When I find the right person, I want them on my team. That means everybody else is vying for them. Well, that's true. But if the right person is the right person, then it, it, you know, the right time will come, you know, and in order for me to be able to show you that we're the right company, I've got to invest in you on the front end of this relationship. So I think that's first. Second thing, uh, when it comes to, you know, uh, figuring out how to I, identify or deal with these bad situations, I think you have to really coach your team members on what to expect. So for example, if you're looking at fitness sales, uh, as, as an example, well, I know for a fact that every person on a sales team is going to be a high achiever. So how do I handle the high achievers? And then how do I handle the underperformers? I have to have a process for that. So there's got to be a laid out process that I can coach my team on how to be able to address underperformers and how to be able to address overperformers. So there's got to be a system there, uh, even when it comes to coaching. So if I'm looking at class experience or member experience in, in uh, you know, like a boutique setting, in those sort of cases, again, I've got to have some expectations that I very clearly outlined for the staff, and then I've got to be able to address that with them in a one-on-one setting in evaluation form. So again, there's so many businesses that I've consulted and worked with that really didn't have any process in place at all. So that's the downfall is if we don't really truly set an expectation, then I'm just assuming that you know everything that I expect of you. And you probably don't. So it's really on me as the leader to make sure that I set those expectations. Excellent. So what, what are the most common difficult situations that you see in the industry? I, th- I think the, uh, the easiest one for me to bring up, Josh, is just bad attitudes. I mean, you know, uh, for me, being such a glass half full person, it's, it's probably more easy for me to recognize bad attitudes really quickly <laughs> because, you know, I see opportunity everywhere. I mean, if there's, if there's not a system in place, okay, how can we systemize this? That's like my first thought. You know, if there's uh, an underperforming and, and we're not getting as many of our leads into our gym as we want to, that's an opportunity. Look at all these people that we haven't got in yet. Let's, let's figure out how to get in contact with these people and, and entice them to come in. So I see all the opportunities, but I've also been in so many situations where I see people that only see obstacles. Well, the, the problem with that mindset is the fact that if you're always looking at the obstacles, then you're never seeing the vision. You're never seeing the future. You're never seeing what you can accomplish. And because of that, most people that have bad attitudes tend to always be underperformers. So I think that's the first thing that you have to be on the lookout for is you have to watch out for people that just see obstacles, but don't help figure out ways to get beyond those obstacles. That's that's really the biggest one for me. Um, another one that I've seen a lot is, again, no process of development for people. You know, the, the fitness industry is no different than any other industry in the fact that people want to grow. Uh, people want to, they, 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 they want to feel like they're good at their job. They want to see career progression. And, and career progression I know there's some stigma behind that, but career progression can mean so many different things for people. For some people, it's more free time and less work. For other people, it's more money, more responsibility, higher title. But that's not everybody. And I think for me, what I have found is that it's more important for me to be able to figure out what my staff wants out of their career so I can help them take steps towards what it is that they're looking for. If it's career progression and the fact of more money, more higher title, whatever that may be, Great. Let's figure out how to make you successful at those next levels. I can coach you and teach you how to do that. But if it's, I want to be more effective with my time and and be able to have more flexibility. Great. Let me figure out how to be able to help you be as efficient and effective as possible while you're here 
so you can spend more time away. So I, I think that that's another thing that I've seen is a lot of companies don't have any sort of process in place to where they truly set goals for their staff or truly try and figure out how to be able to help their their, their the members of their team progress, whatever that means for them. Cool. So we've talked about helping um, prepare in regards to people who work for us, employees and things like that. What can we what can we do ourselves to prepare for hard times? Because I know there's more than just employees. So um, economic downturns and things like that. What can we do to prepare ourselves for those things? Absolutely. Yeah, you know, I, I mentioned mindset a few times already, Josh. And I think that in mm-hmm. order to be able to find people with the right mindset, I've got to know what I'm looking for. And in order for me to know what I'm looking for, I've got to be able to have that mindset myself. So I think committing to growth yourself is one of the things that I believe that I've done in my career that's really helped me get to where I am today is, you know, I, I read a lot. I have a lot of friends in the industry or people that have been successful that I seek advice from, that I ask their opinion on, on you know, the industry or, or, or structure of business or uh, styles of management, I, uh, leadership development. I mean, I, I really want to learn and grow. So by doing that myself, I believe that two things are going to happen. I'm naturally going to attract people that have that same mentality and mindset. And then number two is I'm going to become a better leader myself. So to uh, to use the terminology of, of John Maxwell, I'm, I'm raising my lid as a leader, right? You know, so I'm trying to do my best to be able to be a more effective leader so I can bring people with me when it comes to that. So I, I think that's the the first thing that I would absolutely recommend. And then the second thing that I would recommend in leadership, Josh, is as a leader, you have to be committed to getting to know your team. You've got to start to understand your team better which helps you manage them better. I can't just read a leadership book and then all of a sudden, bam, I'm a great leader and I know how to lead everybody. I mean, we're all human and all of us are different. And the way that we perceive the world is our reality. So I, as a leader, have to understand that not everybody's going to see the world the same as me. So the more that I get to know my team, the more I start to recognize when they're stressed, but they don't want to tell me. Or when they're, they don't really understand something, but maybe they're embarrassed to to open up the fact that they don't understand the, the why behind the what. Or I, I start to recognize those things. So I can start to be proactive in then really dealing with those type of situations, which, man, that is a huge leadership tool. I can't tell you how many times I've had people come to me or call me or have a conversation with me after a conversation like that and say, hey, thank you for addressing that. I wasn't really sure how to ask, but you brought it up and that made me feel re- like really confident in how you explained it. So thank you for that. So it really just, the more you, the more you get to know your team, the better and more effective of a leader you can be for them. Because it's not about your leadership style. It's about what leadership style they accept. So I've got to be good at understanding how to lead people in uh, what they're going to respond to. So this is like anything, this is going to be like a skill. So, um, what are some first steps to start practicing how to manage your team through hard times? How can you approach that? That's good. That's good. I think the first thing, as I mentioned earlier, is you, you have to identify what your core values are. So as a, as a company, as a business, or even if you're a, a sole entrepreneur that really is just trying to figure out how to be able to hire on employees, you've got to figure out what your core values are of your company that you're going to look for and manage your staff to hold to it, to that standard. Uh, once you do that, I think then you can start to figure out exactly how to manage people. 
another thing that I think is important is figure out your systems. You know, so many businesses just don't have systems. I've talked to so many entrepreneurs, uh, especially in consulting, that they know how to do it well. So there's there, there's one or two things that happen. They either just strap themselves to the business because they don't know how to teach anything that they know. They just know how to do it. Or the other thing that I see happen is they try and step out, but don't know how to train and develop. So the business starts to drop and then they, and then it just becomes this cycle of, you know, I can't find the right people. Man, hiring is hard and I, I can't, I can't figure out the right compensation plan. I can't figure out the right pricing, but, but they're missing the point. They're trying to change all these extraneous variables when the problem is they didn't set up a system of what they did to begin with. So I think once you, once you establish those core values, then you have to set up systems around those values as to what your business needs to accomplish. And then within those systems, I think it's also important that you hire the right people um, and be willing to be open about the fact that you're going to make mistakes uh, when you hire those people. Because again, culture is one of the biggest determinants of, of success long term. I can, I can hire a unicorn of a, of a manager to run my studio for me, but what if they get a better offer in a year? Well, then what? The unicorn's gone and now I'm back to running the business, right? But if my systems make sense and I'm constantly looking for developing the right culture, well, that's really where the long-term success of my business lies. You know, Josh, one of the things that I pride myself in is 80% of our promotions are internal. I mean, that's, that's a lot of what we pride ourselves on. And I, I say that statistic because we, we do our best to develop our people to be leaders. So if we can do that well, that means we're not constantly posting on job boards and trying to find the best manager and looking for that unicorn, as I mentioned. We're, we're, we're raising unicorns, right? So we're trying to develop those people within our business. And look, man, again, since we're talking about hard times, well, not every single person is going to rise to the challenge. Not every uh, people are going to step into that role or they're going to be, yeah, I want to be the next manager. And then they're going to get into that role and go, oh my gosh, this is not what I thought it was. And there's going to be so many times that you're going to, you know, raise up the wrong person, that people are going to realize it's not for them, that there's going to be miscommunications. And oh my gosh, there's just, just so many different ways that even if you have everything perfect, things are still going to go wrong, you know? So I think that's why it's so important for you to prepare yourself for what those hard situations are going to be because man, you just have to take a step back, allow yourself to be imperfect and go, okay, I hired the wrong person. Man, that really stinks. But you know what? I've got to move forward. What are my options from here? Do I have people in my business that I can raise up to the challenge? Do I have anyone that I've been training in this process? Hopefully I do because I'm assuming that I'm not always going to have everybody on my team forever. And then can I put them in that role? Can I train them or work alongside them to, to raise them up to be that leader? So I think, I think those are the way, those are really the three basic things that you need to do first to be able to make sure that you're setting yourself up for long-term success. Excellent. Yeah. So you talked about having systems around everything that you do, because especially in the fitness industry, industry, retention of employees is terrible. And even if you're a good business, you're still going to have, you're going to have turnover. And like you said, it's not everyone's going to rise to the occasion. So what is the role of training in that equation? You mentioned it once. Um, how should, how should operators approach their training programs? Yeah. I think there's, there's two, there's two things that I consider training when it comes to staff. I think first and foremost, 
you've got to figure out what your economic drivers of your business are and then create your trainings off of that. So that's one form. So for example, if retention is a huge part of my fitness business, maybe I, I don't have a ton of members, but my retention is really where I create my success, you know? Well, if that's the case, then what's my process of retention? How many touch points do I have? What do those touch points sound like? When someone starts to drop off in their usage, what are those, what are those phone calls? When do I reach out to them? Am I offering them anything to bring a referral to be able to increase their stay because now they have external accountability. So I need, I need all of that that I've mentioned. That's all part of the process. And again, I can't just have this all in a spreadsheet and expect a manager to be able to understand all that. So maybe part of my training is we're going to go over low usage phone calls. That's training, right? That's training on the economic drivers of my business. So that's one portion of training. The other side of training, and this is something that I really like, is more strategic planning. Uh, you need to be open to training your team on how to be able to think about the future. So that's where I invite my team members to be a part of learning about leadership with me. Uh, something as simple as like a book study, getting everyone on your management team to, to read a book together and talk about the book, say, once a month. That's something very simple that you can do that will help people to get out of the daily grind every so often and really challenge them to learn about something that they probably want to know about, but just don't make time for themselves. The same way that most clients don't make time for exercise and we have to have accountability for them, the same exact analogy applies to, this, to our staff. All of our staff wants to be better leaders. They want to be more effective. They want to do uh, as, as much as they can in their role to be successful. That, that's what they want, right? But how many of them are actually taking time away from the daily grind to make that happen? Are they, are they reading books? Are they a part of masterminds? Are they connecting with other individuals in similar positions to them and asking what they're doing? Are they studying other brands to see what everybody did? All of those are things that if we don't push our people to do, a lot of them aren't going to do. Some of them will, but again, those are the unicorns. Well, I'm trying to make unicorns. So I have to encourage them and push them to do the things that I know that they should do, become a student of the, the industry. Know what everybody else is offering. Know what their We Want You Back campaign looks like. Know what their trial offers are. Uh, understand leadership development and training. And, and all of those things are things that I have to then train my staff or bring my staff along with me to do. So those are the two things that I believe really each business owner or, or manager has to consider when it comes to what's going to create success within their staff. Excellent. So some of that training is very much one-on-one -on -one or it's ad hoc, like a book study for trainings that you know everyone's going to need to go through, is is there a regular cadence that that you should go through that, like quarterly or how often should people do those sorts of trainings? Absolutely. You know, every business is different, Josh. And you know, uh, uh, so with with our with Traction Group, we've got cadences set for every staff member, no matter what level. So you know, we have a very strict onboarding guide. Uh, I mean, they, they go through uh, multiple weeks of training with us when they're first onboarded. And then once they're fully onboarded, we, I mean, we go through everything in great detail. They sign off on everything to make sure they understand all about our business and what's expected of them. Um, our management has multiple, every week we actually have one-on-ones. Um, and then every, uh, every quarter is actually when we evaluate each uh, lower level staff member. So there's processes and systems and then we even have everything documented uh, and uh, uploaded <laughs> in, in each employee's file. That way we can always go back and review, number one, just to make sure that it's happening, of course, 
but also number two, to review the notes. So if there's things that I see on, a, on an audit of an employee that sound really vague, well, that's a coaching point for me. I can help you become a better manager by helping you understand how to give coaching points to a staff member. If you're a great coach to members, well, that's a great starting point, but being a great coach to coaches is something different. So I need to help you understand how to be able to stay motivational, how to be able to give constructive criticism in a very clear format that allows the team member to feel empowered, but also feel like they got some value out of what you gave me. So when I step into my next session, I know exactly the things I need to work on. So if, if I'm not, if, if my manager isn't giving clear directives, well, then I need to coach them on how to better do that. Right. So there's, there's a lot of different ways in, in, in our company that we structure that out. And I encourage everyone, as I mentioned, to have that process. That way, you know exactly how you're going to administer feedback, how often you're going to administer feedback. Number one, so the team members can be prepared, but also number two, the people that are being evaluated know what to expect. That way, it's not a surprise whenever I've, I'm, I've been given some bullet points on things that I do well, but also some things that I can improve on. It's expected. And when, when it's expected, naturally, the level of performance rises because people know they're going to be evaluated. I mean, think about like the, the NFL, right? Uh, how many, how many people that are on the practice squad are just there to be there? No, man, they're, they're, they're trying for their shot, right? And if they get that shot on a Sunday, well, guess what? It's their opportunity to either make it or not. So that's really, I think, a, a good example of what it means to be able to really understand what it means to be evaluated. So our staff knows, uh, again, we're not going to micromanage them, but at the same time, we trust them to do their job, but we're going to consistently give them feedback. So I think that's the balance that we have found that I recommend everybody finds uh, to be able to run a successful business. Because two things, nobody wants to be micromanaged, but everybody needs feedback. Excellent. This is this is a lot of really, really great information. Um, if listeners want to reach out to you and learn more about your approach to management and leadership, where can they find you? Yeah, so... My LinkedIn profile, my Instagram and Facebook handles uh, will be available here. Uh, and then also, if you want to reach out to me directly, you can reach me at bludwig at tractiongrp.com, which I can provide you with that, my email address as well. Awesome. Well, I definitely, I definitely will encourage listeners to reach out and learn more. A lot of most of our listeners, I think, are gym operators or, or they own a studio or something like that. So awesome, dude. Thanks. Um, maybe we can do this again sometime. Yeah, yeah, I'd be happy to, Josh. Really appreciate you having me on the show. This is a blast.